and welcome to the 44th episode of the Cinefessions podcast. I'm one of your hosts. My name's Brandon Shawan, and we have Mark Nadu and Ash Collins with me tonight. Gentlemen, how are you this evening? I'm good. Good. Excellent. How about you, Ash? How are things? I'm hanging in there. That's good. So, Mark, you are just getting back from a, a fun-sounding weekend. How was Cinema Wasteland? Uh, like every other Cinema Wasteland, except for one, it was a blast. Uh, <laughs> it's the first time I drove down there, because from Winnipeg, it's worth 14 hours. But for where I am, just uh, north of uh, Ottawa, uh, it's about uh, just a smidge over eight hours. Okay. Um, so, yeah, the drive down was uh, nice, apart from the rainstorm the whole way down. Oh, jeez. But, uh, yeah, apart from that, met up with uh, all my friends, met some new people, and uh, had some uh, movies bought. I haven't Good. posted them online yet, but I, I, I spent over 300 bucks on Blu-rays. It's ridiculous. Oh, nice. Well, th- there was a table from Severin. Oh, okay. A lot of Severin films. Then, yeah. uh, uh, I was going to say Velvet Underground, um, uh, Vinegar <laughs> Syndrome uh, had a table as well. So, I spent a few bills there as well. Then picked up some stuff at the Trauma table and... No t-shirts this time, which I was quite surprised, but uh, a shit ton of Blu-rays. Awesome. So, That's very, yeah. I love, I love going to conventions and seeing those guys like Severin. Like I haven't been to any with Vinegar Syndrome yet, but hopefully in the future I will. Yeah. It's an acquired taste, you know, but if you're into that kind of stuff, right. then, uh, and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's paradise, you know? Absolutely. Um, so between that and I got some posters signed, bought a few more posters and drank my face off. It was a really good time. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Yeah. Very good. So, yeah. Ash, what have you done this past week? Um, I have... <laughs> I've been taking care of a sick cat, so my um, free time has been uh, not great. Yeah. Uh, might be taking her... Not Sorry to get you guys out, but yeah, we might be taking her to the vet for the last time tomorrow. Oh, wow. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, it sucks. Mm. But uh, I did get a few things in. Um... Uh, let's see. I did finally get the last five minutes of The Gallows, because apparently the DVD I rented skipped the last five minutes of the film <laughs> That's so um, while weird. we were watching it. So it was like, okay, so I was just kind of like skipping skipping through it again, and then I was like, wait a minute, I don't remember this. Hmm. I was like, I asked my wife, I was like, did I fall asleep during that? And she's like, no. And I was <laughs> like, there are like five minutes of the movie we just completely missed. So uh, I know I said last week that the, I was kind of disappointed a little bit with the ending. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, I, I like the, the actual ending a little okay. bit better, <laughs> Good. Uh, a lot more, more to it. Um, so that was pretty cool. Hmm. Um, we ended up watching, uh, we rented, well, we rented a bunch of movies, uh, while we were at it, but, uh, cause I wanted to, cause Hate Flight was out. So we rented that and then a couple others. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I watched, we watched Insurgent. Um, I actually liked the first Divergent movie. So, oh, okay. Uh, and uh, my wife and I wanted to see the second one, so we rented that and watched that. That wasn't too bad, uh, about what I was expecting, just based off of the synopsis I read. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't like, uh, like, like the Hunger Games. I think is fantastic. Yeah, it's okay. You know, it, like the Divergent series is it's okay. It's got some different ideas they play with, but it's I don't think it's fantastic. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of the first one, so I never really bothered with the the sequel yet. Yeah, same here. I thought it was like the poor man's Hunger Games. So. Right. Right. Well, and it's a different story, but yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and the other one, which I was really surprised by, um, because everyone was like pooing it, was Last Witch Hunter with Vin oh. Diesel. Um, I actually really like this, and if you didn't watch it just based off of the previews, 
you're missing out hmm. because the movie is so much better than the previous made it out to be. I uh, totally agree with you. I was going to say, uh, I thought I remember Mark talking about that a few weeks back. Yeah. Yeah. I pooped the film a long time ago. I didn't go see it in theaters. Mm-hmm. It uh, finally had a chance to watch it. And I'm not bummed that they make enough money at the mm-hmm. cinemas for a sequel because I want more. I really dug it. Yeah. If they had been smarter with their marketing, it would have looked like a much better movie instead of just slapping a whole bunch of (laughs) CGI at us in the trailer and trying to make it look like there was... It's a very different story from what they were talking about in the trailers. Okay. I definitely have to check it out then. Yeah. It's worth worth the rental. Um, uh, Let's see. I I started watching Archer Season 6. That's on Netflix, so (laughs) I'm like two and a half episodes into that. Um, And then... um, I rented Ant-Man, but uh, it's such a small movie, I just haven't gotten around to watching it yet. Womp womp. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I expect terrible puns. <laughs> I actually, actually do watch it, because there are going to be a lot of them. <laughs> um, and then uh, we finished off the uh, season finale of Walking Dead, and I am so fucking pissed at them. Uh, <laughs> that was... Uh, they're like, oh, it's a cliffhanger. It's not a cliffhanger. You're trolling everyone. You know, <laughs> someone fucking dies. You just didn't show it, asshole. Mm. Uh, that is not a cliffhanger. That is a troll job. <laughs> uh, you know, you know. The, someone brought a, uh, pointed out to me in detail. They're like, you know, the end of Star Trek: Next Generation season three. You know, Picard is is Borgified facing off against the Enterprise D and. Mm. Riker gives the command to fire and then they go to be continued. That is a cliffhanger because <laughs> you don't know what the fuck is going to happen. Uh, but anyway, but uh, I, cliffhanger though. Yeah. That's, that season three cliffhanger was awesome. Oh yeah. That was the best. That that was the, probably the best way to use a cliffhanger like from there on out. And I've, and I usually hate cliffhangers and I love that one. Um, but it also uh, beat it season two's uh, clip show season finale. Yeah. Oh my God. That was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, let's see. Then um, let's see. So I I do have to say I liked Negan. Jeffrey Dean Morgan never disappoints. Him as Negan is creepy, and he just fucking works. It was just ah, uh, he's perfect as as the in the role. And I I can't wait for the DVD so that he gets to be even more foul mouth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah. So other than that, that's pretty much where I'm at. Excellent. And what about you, Mark? Anything uh, you wanted to add from your week well, away? Yeah, I didn't watch any movies uh, since our last podcast just because mm-hmm. I was gone for so long. Right. Um, but I did start uh, the second season of Daredevil. Oh, okay. So I'm four episodes in. So I'm hoping uh, what happens at the end of the fourth episode is in the last of someone. Um, <laughs> it's not. <but laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't think it would be. But uh, yeah, I'm really digging the first four episodes. Um, I might have to rewatch the last 10 of the last part, episode four, just because uh, in uh, my medicated state, I was uh, falling asleep. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm just I'm still still sick from uh, two weeks ago. So, uh, yeah, I'm just hopped up on uh, NyQuil, DayQuil, and any sinus and cold medication I can find uh, in the cracks of my floorboards. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. So, apart from that, yeah, I, I finished uh, – oh, I'm four episodes in a Daredevil season two. I finished uh, 30 Rock season seven. Okay. And uh, I just pulled out of my Blu-ray uh, shelf. I'm gonna think. I'm gonna start. Uh, I think it's season six of Weeds. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to finish off box or series that I have on Blu-ray mm-hmm. that I've never finished before I start any new shows. So okay. I got three seasons of Weeds to watch next. So yeah, I'll there try not to go. buy any snacks when uh, when I watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen an episode of that show. Not one. Well, the first few seasons are pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Nealon is surprisingly awesome. Okay. Um, And uh, pretty much the story is her... I guess her uh, brother-in-law moves in with her uh, after the passing of her brother to help with the kids, and he's hilarious. Like mm-hmm. he's a uh, you know pothead horn dog. It's just very it's very funny. But it's been a few years since I watched the season prior to that, so I'm probably be lost for a few episodes <laughs> starting yeah. season, uh, season six. <laughs> but uh, I remember it being very very funny. I just you know I got lost in the shuffle. Of everything else that's on TV right now. So right, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Yeah, I, I didn't. Uh, I don't have very much to talk about either in terms of what I did this past week. Oh, well, um, I forgot. I forgot. Yeah. Star Wars Episode Seven came out, and I picked up the Blu-ray DVD combo from uh, Best Buy. Um, and the did Blu-ray, you get the Steelbook or the regular? No, edition? I just went with the regular. Um, yeah. I, fuck just that. because I don't. I mean, I don't even own the others off of DVD. I mean. Oh, okay. I, and I don't know that I will go to Blu-ray just because of the Lucas edits. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, well, Disney's and, supposed to release the original uh, trilogy yeah. unedited, so that's what sucks to be me to buy it in triplicate now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, that's the rumor, but I don't know. You know, we have they had the opportunity to release it with Episode Seven, so who knows? Um, but uh, other, I mean, the film looked great on my mm-hmm. you know, my on my big screen TV. Um, but uh, I, the only thing I'm disappointed with in the Blu-ray, I actually love the um, the behind-the-scenes like documentary, the making of. Okay. Uh, they had a lot of funny like little. Uh, it's only like an hour long. Um, yeah. But it's like there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, and um, you know they're pretty funny. Um, and, and they had through some tidbits and stuff that I didn't know about it, so that was pretty cool. But I was actually really, really looking forward to the deleted scenes, and they are really, really disappointing. Wow. <laughs> they're. Yeah, well, no, I mean, they're, they're, they're short, mm-hmm. and it's like, it's like, you can see where they would fit in the movie. I was expecting, like, there are, like, whole scenes that they reshot, that you know they reshot, because they used them in the trailer, and then they're completely different when they happened in the movie. So, you mm-hmm. know, they've been shot in some way, shape, or form, but they didn't include the alternate versions of those scenes at all in the deleted scenes. It's like little quick mm-hmm. action shots and a couple other things, and they're... Well, they're kind of neat. Like there was one, like an unfinished chase scene on on the Star Killer base, uh, mm. on a like a snow speeder, um, which would have been really cool to see in the film. But you know, it's unfinished. You know, the effects work type of thing. Okay. Like they cut it early on. Um, gotcha. Maybe for pacing, um, but uh, I and, and stuff like that. There was a couple of them, and uh, the one I was really looking forward to seeing was there's uh, there's a scene in the trailer where Maz. Uh, the big googly-eyed alien, uh, the little short yeah. alien with the big googly eyes. Um, mm-hmm. She's the one, she passes Ray's lightsaber off to, uh, or not Ray, well, it's Luke's lightsaber. She tries to give it to Ray, Ray doesn't take it in the film. And then um, they pass it off to uh, Finn. Well, in the trailer, you can clearly see Maz handing it to Leia. And it's just oh. like, and they never, they didn't include that in deleted scenes. And mm. uh, know why and like there's this whole sequence where maz actually goes to the rebel base now i don't know whether they just didn't have like even remotely like they reshot it early on and decided Mm -hmm. not to include it because of that or what but Mm -hmm. it was just like there's like a couple of different scenes that i know that they did 
that just didn't make it, and they did they didn't put on deleted scenes, and I'm kind of bummed about that. But right. other than that, the picture looks great, the audio perfect, and it was just you know fun watching it again. So yeah, I'm I'm sure I'm sure that uh, they've got a wealth of uh, extras that they just haven't yep. put out yet for the following editions to come out. You know, like knowing exactly. Disney and knowing. Uh, you know, well, I like guess not Lucas Films anymore, but just with the legacy, they're gonna have so many additions. And oh, look, now you can get this and this and uh. yeah. That's why I haven't bought it yet. Like I went to Best Buy, and my first thing I was pissed about was the fact that there's no 3D version coming out yet. And so that pisses me off because I wanted to buy it in Blu-ray 3D. I thought for sure the Steelbook would have the 3D Blu-ray, Blu-ray. Was it in the theater? Digital. In 3D? Yeah, I saw it in 3D oh. in theaters. Oh, okay, that's 3D right. 3D IMAX. Yeah, 3D exactly. And so. That pissed me off. And then Best Buy, I feel like I'm yelling, Best Buy is charging $8 more for the Steelbook. There's no other special features. It's just the fact that it's a Steelbook. It's That's $8 more. That's ridiculous. I know. Well, like, was, I love Steelbook. It was Steelbooks. only $24 if you pre-ordered it. So, yeah. Really? Yeah. If you, yeah, if you pre-ordered the Steelbook, it was 24 something. And I, I pre-ordered the regular version, and it was the same price as the digital copy that they had up uh, on, like, on Voodoo and stuff. So I paid I paid like twenty one dollars in tax. Gotcha. Uh, to pick up the regular version for twenty bucks. So. Yeah, and then I went to so I didn't buy it from Best Buy, and then I went to Target, and their edition is again it's like it was like six dollars more or something than this than twenty dollars standard edition. Yeah. And the only difference is like you get different packaging, which isn't it's just a slip cover. Yeah. And there's like a an exclusive uh, special feature, but it doesn't really go into detail what it is. And so I, I don't know what I want to do at this point because I want it in 3D mm-hmm. and I know they're going to release it because I already looked down Blu-ray.com and they have it. They just don't have a release date for it yet. And so I just know it's one that I'm going to double dip on and it just pisses me off. But I think tomorrow I'm actually off for the rest of the until Monday now. Thank God. Yeah. And so uh, I think I'm going to hit hit Walmart tomorrow and just get that version because I've heard that one uh, has the best uh like exclusive, but all again, it's just a slip cover, but it's a BB-8 slip cover versus the Target one, which didn't look very cool. Okay. And it's only 20 bucks. So that's why I'm getting that one. But yeah, I'm just a little disappointed in, in the release for it. Yeah. I kind of want it right away, but at the same time, I'm willing to hold off just because I got so much other stuff to watch. I know. That's the thing. You know, so like I, the, the, the itch in my head is like, oh, I need to buy yep. it right away, you know? Exactly. But uh, you, you know, by Christmas time, you'll probably get it for like you know seventeen, sixteen bucks, right? You know, or then again, by Christmas time, your you special know. edition might be out. You know, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Like, I just have an addiction with having to own the movie, even if I don't watch it for years. I still, I just want to own it, and that's what pisses me off about me. Like, I don't fucking need it right now, but I do. Like, I just want to have it. I'm the same way. Yeah, yeah. I'm the same way. <laughs> I would see a good quarter of my collection is still in shrink wrap oh you know yeah. movies that i bought for 30 yeah. bucks you now buy for six but yep. because i need it right away i lost value on it you know what i yeah. mean i i minor it's definitely probably closer to three a half to three quarters or still yeah. it's embarrassing but yeah, what, what i do I'm... like yeah what i do uh, like about these the blu-rays though is that they do collect dust really well so <laughs> you know in case i really need some i know where to go there you go yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's why I I've started just getting the movies I know I will watch on a regular basis, as opposed yeah. to ones that are just like an impulse buy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. my my collection doesn't grow very much, but it's all shit I'll actually watch. So right, and that's yeah. I I stopped buying a lot. 
I'm just kind of sticking to more like the the specialty um, distributors like Vinegar Syndrome, Arrow, uh, Scream Factory, Blue Underground, Severin. Like those, I'm trying to I try to get those those like special edition ones there. Yeah. I love that. That's what I've been purchasing mostly lately. And, I kind of stopped buying the regular big releases, but Star Wars I need. So, and that's why I spent three bills at Wasteland. Yeah, is because they're there. It's in mm-hmm. front of you, and you've been drinking for six to eight hours. So <laughs> there's nothing more fun than slapping two hundred bucks to the retailer, <laughs> and he hands you like twenty discs because that's you awesome. buy so many, you get some for free. You know? Oh wow! Yeah, I cannot yeah. wait and, to see what you bought. Yeah, I'll probably, well, I got to clean my house because I haven't had a chance to clean it yet. So once everything's in order, I'll take some pictures of, uh, of what I purchased. Good. Uh, yeah, there's, there's some blue movies or some dark movies, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Hell yeah. For some reason, it's only at Wasteland where I buy like 70s pornography. Right. Because <laughs> everybody else does too, you know? I never buy it, but Vinegar Syndrome made me buy it. So I, I do it, have some sitting on my shelf over here. And I also, I also blame the Bud Light Platinum. Yeah, six percent right. alcohol, friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, and that's um, I want because I have so many of these like boutique uh, distributors. I one of the um, YouTube ideas that I'm toying with is going through a lot of those releases, and so that's something that I hope to uh, dive into even more. So yeah, I, that would be fun. That shrink wrap off, yeah, exactly. That'd be lots of fun to do. Um. Yeah, other than that, I actually was at when I was at Target today, I found the Spider-Man trilogy on sale for 13 bucks on Blu-ray with the digital copy. So I had to pick that up. That's not bad. Yeah, pretty good price there. And uh, I only had the the DVDs of them. So I thought that was a good purchase. But yeah, other than that, uh, the only thing I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about and not very much was WrestleMania 32. Oh. So I watched that on Sunday with, uh, geez, man, that start the first match was at 545. Yeah. The fucking event didn't end until midnight. Yeah, it was a it was a long day. Yeah, that was the longest WrestleMania I've ever seen. Yeah, like my family was falling asleep by the end of it. It just seemed to me that uh, the Fed kind of just gave up on WrestleMania this year. Yep. You know, all the pageantry last year, all the entrances and whatnot. This year is like, oh, everybody's hurt, so uh, we're gonna (laughs) pull names out of bags here, and this is what you're getting. You know, right? I did think that. Jerry World put on and uh, was an excellent um, uh, venue for it, though. I thought they did a very good job. I liked all the fireworks outside and inside. I thought it was really cool. Oh, sure. Uh, uh, Flair's entrance, um, Charlotte's entrance was was awesome. I really liked that moment. Um, and then with uh, Reigns at the end with the fireworks going outside, I thought that was really cool. But yeah, um, yeah. I thought the matches were really good. The booking, the how everything ended was – it just didn't make sense to me. And then I watched Raw on Monday and I mean WrestleMania didn't really matter all that much. And no. so I don't – it's just really strange. Um, but what did you, you guys think? Because you were with a group of people also watching it. What did you think of it? Well, I was a bit miserable during it oh, because right, I was right. sick. So I was like, oh, is this going to be over soon? You know, I thought the first match I see title – uh, six man yeah. uh, ladder was probably the best on the card. It was a good match, yeah. Um, but it was a spot fest, mm-hmm. and it didn't need to be six men. You know, right. make it at the most make it a three way dance with yeah. the, the ladder. Um, I think Stardust should have won. <laughs> I know you said that before. I uh, was shocked by Zack Ryder winning it though. 
But it didn't matter because he fucking lost it on Monday. Do the so fucking miss. It's it's a fuck you. You know what? They let him win just so they can have that stupid Snickers commercial. <laughs> like, exactly. like, Miz. Oh, oh, but Maurice is back and hello, she is gorgeous. I never really seen her before yesterday uh, before Monday. Yeah, well, yeah. I I don't really. I don't know. I I just I'm I'm just sour on the product right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I did well, again. I don't have cable, so I didn't watch Raw, but I yeah. saw clips and I read about it. Yeah, and it seems like it's going back in the right way. You know, like Cena's back now, or at least mm-hmm. he came back in Mania. Cesaro's back. Oh, um, God, that was and, awesome. Cast were at Raw. Um, they're facing the Dudleys, which is good because you don't mm-hmm. have, you don't want to put them against another good team and then have one team job. You know. Right, exactly. So having them with the Dudleys, it's a good three-week, month feud for pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. And they can set their sights up something higher. Um, I think right. I saw the VOD villains were on Raw. Is, is that right? No, they were um, – they had a promo – like their promo package played. But, and I thought they were going to come to Raw. But it, I think it was just them uh, doing a promo for NXT. Oh, was it? Yeah, like they were saying that they're going to be on NXT on Wednesday or some shit like that. And you know like <sighs> – Okay, so back to WrestleMania quickly. Yeah, I, I thought uh, the three-way dance uh, of, uh, for Women. Charlotte, Sasha, and Becky were really yeah. it was well. It started off a little botchy, mm-hmm. uh, but ended up pretty. Sasha decent. missed that big one off the top rope. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and then I thought like our, the TV we had in the hotel room really sucked. So oh. I thought that Becky's makeup had smudged. I had no oh, idea she was. Yeah. Cut, I had no idea she was cut open. Yeah, and she got a big old black eye. Yeah, she's tough, man. She's a tough girl. Mm-hmm. I um, thought that was a great match, so I enjoyed the hell out of that one. I'm bummed that Sasha didn't win, though. It's what the I know. Is everything, and you let Charlotte retain? Yeah. What the fuck? Now, that said, though, that new woman's belt. Oh, my God. Finally. Beautiful. Looks legit. It is a yeah. great belt. I'm so happy. Yeah. When Lita was standing there at the like talking about it on the kickoff show, I was like, "Is that the fucking women's title under there? Is that what this is going to be?" And I was so ecstatic when they revealed it. I was like, "Yes!" It, it gives them more. Uh, it doesn't make it as much of a joke. Exactly, it legitimizes like, it. They're no longer divas. Yep, they're female pro wrestlers or female sports entertainers. Right. Exactly. Which I still think pro wrestler is a much cooler term. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, yeah, um, uh, that belt is beautiful. Yeah, so it, it really is. I think it 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 shows the fans that I think the, they care about women's wrestling now. Right, it's no longer an afterthought or mm-hmm. a, a filler. Um, and and I was really surprised how good the the ten divas tag yes, team match was. I thought too. that was going to be garbage, but they put on a show. It sounded like garbage, uh, mm-hmm. but no, I dug that as well. Yeah, that was really 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 good. Uh, it's too bad it wasn't on the main card. Right. I know you can't. Well, there's nothing that says you can't have two women's matches, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I would ha- I would put that on the main card. Like yeah. they've been wrestling all year, and they're on the pre-show. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, um, I was surprised to see Ryback and Callisto on the pre-show because they weren't supposed to be. It was supposed oh. to be the 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 battle royal, and then uh, the ten women, and then the uh, tag match with the Usos. Yeah. yeah. So I was glad to see. Well, I was sad to see Callisto on the pre-show, but mm-hmm. then again, he's facing Ryback. So. Right. Yay! You know yeah. I don't like the big one. I don't either. I can't stand them. But I know I know we're talking long on this, but mm-hmm. it's got no comparison to the Takeover show on Friday. You know I still haven't watched. I completely you forgot about it? it, and then I haven't watched. It. I don't know any. Don't give me any spoilers because oh, I haven't heard who won okay. or lost yet. Then we'll talk about it the following week. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm definitely going to watch it this weekend, though. Match of the year is Nakamura and Zayn. I've heard it was excellent. So Jesus yeah, I'm Christ. I'm excited. It's beyond amazing. It. But the whole card. Top to bottom, mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah. Like, 
it like like how Brooklyn beat SummerSlam, uh-huh. this beat WrestleMania. That's that's awesome. I can't yeah. wait to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. So no more discussion on that. I will uh, right torch. <laughs> See, w- one more thing I'll say on this is, in no way, shape, or form should the main event of on the Raw after Mania be a better match than the main event at WrestleMania. Because I like the card, but the the final match, the crowd didn't give a shit. The crowd was dead. I didn't give a shit. Like, I you like Roman why? Reigns, but I didn't really like the match that much. The reason why that was bullshit, people were tired, is because of fucking Raw bullshit. Raw's oh, gonna have yeah. a match at WrestleMania. He takes off his uh, his clothes. He's got his right. trunks on. And yeah. it's a six-second squash match against one of the Wyatts? Are I you know. fucking kidding me? Like, how much can you bury? How many times can you bury the Wyatts? It's just insane to me. I was so upset. I had a knife to my penis. I was willing to sever it and throw it at the screen. Oh, you know? man. Because mine grows back, so whatever, right? But, yeah. yeah but I, that main event on, on Raw After Mania was just awesome. I, I didn't see any clips of it, but I heard Cesaro yeah. just kicked ass. So Cesaro good. looked great. Oh, but please. my fucking boy, AJ Styles, is now the number one contender for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. And I, I was like screaming and jumping up and down in my basement on Monday night. I was so happy. I love AJ Styles. Really? I do. I'm so impressed with him in the Fed. Oh, I don't so know. Impressed. Him I, losing to Jericho the night before, now he's number one contender. I hated makes that. Makes no sense to me. Why did Jericho go over? Right. I, he book. did. I can't blame that, AJ. I, I just don't get it. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Back back to the task at hand here. Hand tasks. <laughs> All right. So tonight we are going to be discussing Django Unchained, our seventh Tarantino film. And we will be discussing both season two, episode two of Black Mirror and season two, episode three of Black Mirror. So might be a little longer than usual, and that's completely fine. So let's dive into Django Unchained, obviously directed by Quentin Tarantino and written by Quentin Tarantino. This film holds an 8.5 rating in IMDb and a Metacritic score of 81. All right, as I always mention, there will be spoilers for Django Unchained, so if you have not seen the film, I highly suggest you stop now, watch the movie, and then come back and finish the podcast. So that is your spoiler warning. So a brief synopsis from IMDb. With the help of a German bounty hunter, a free slave sets out to rescue his wife from a brutal Mississippi plantation owner. All right, so let's talk about our history with this film. Ash, what is your history with Django Unchained? I didn't actually see Django until it hit Netflix. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've watched it like five times since then. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. Okay, I- very good. Cool. And what about you, Mark? What's your history with Django? Uh, I saw it in the theaters and uh, bought on Blu-ray when it first came out. And I might have seen it about five times now. Wow. Excellent. So my history is real short. I didn't see Django Unchained until yesterday. So (laughs) that is that. Um, And I know you were saying, you were suggesting that I should watch it earlier and then watch it again. I just didn't have time to watch it earlier, so I couldn't. But yeah, I am excited as fuck to talk about this movie because this is something, man. This is something. All right. So let's dive in here. So right from the beginning, I had the the Blu-ray playing in my... First off, I don't know if any of you, anybody else has experienced this problem, but... When you put a Blu-ray and I when I put a Blu-ray in my Xbox One, and this happened with the Pulp Fiction Blu-ray too, and Kill Bill. Like the bottom of the screen will stay fine. It'll say like play, menu, whatever, audio options, whatever it is. But the top, 
like the picture that's playing will like have a, a flash, like it turns black and then goes back to the picture. And it does it maybe every 10, 15 seconds. And I was like, at first, when I put the, the, I think it was first the one I did was Pulp Fiction. I thought it was like maybe a feature. It's like, oh, you know, it's just Tarantino fucking around with the Blu-ray. But then I realized, no, that's, that's not something certainly on Xbox. So I have to like, I have to need to Google this and figure out what the hell is wrong with my Xbox Blu-ray player. Yeah, but, that doesn't happen on my PS4. Uh, on my yeah. PS4, you pop the disc in and you get what you paid for. Um, <laughs> I don't want to start a war here, but uh, <laughs> my PS3, a previous gen as well, same thing, no problems. Yeah, I don't know yep. what the deal is. Yeah, my PS3 and my PS4 play Blu-rays just fine. I, I don't <laughs> know. Of course, I don't have an Xbox because I refuse to give Microsoft money for their cheap pieces of shit. Yeah, I'd rather give oh, my money sorry, to Sony. Sorry, my wife's yelling at me to be nice. <laughs> I want to fist bump with you right now. We'll do fist bump. <laughs> there we go. I don't know. Y'all can hate all you want. I love my Xbox One. I just wish the Blu-ray player wasn't fucked up. Something's something's wrong there. Well, you like it half the time when it works, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, it, th- that's literally the only problem I've ever had with the thing. <laughs> you, know, you, know why, you know why they call it the Xbox One? Because you get one game that works right the entire system life and one Blu-ray that works right the entire time of the whole system life. <laughs> oh! Damn! Oh, man. Oh, my, my, my microphone's melting. That's Sorry. <laughs> anyway so i had to plug in my region free blu-ray player and i watched it on there but the the point of the story was the menu the music that's playing is the django music god damn that is great fucking music and it opens the film i love that music and that thread will continue throughout the whole film Uh, probably probably my favorite film of his with the use of music i fucking love that part of it yeah i thought so too now can i name the, the songs no but the right. songs he picked fit perfectly for the tone of the film yeah yes. and yeah. uh the the composer for for the music that was not obviously like licensed music or whatever mm-hmm. uh I'm, i might say i think it's ennio marcino yeah Mar- he's a yeah. legend i mean just once upon a time in the west uh i mean the Tarantino's the list is on and on. Him, um, Tarantino's used him in Kill Bill. This uh, he he actually composed most of the music for Hateful Eight. Mm-hmm. Um, Glorious Bastards too, I believe. Yeah, I think he might have. Yeah, I think he did do some in Glorious Bastards too. Yeah. yeah, I yeah he the actually interesting thing uh, he actually gave Tarantino some of the stuff from because he did the thing. He did the sound or the score to the thing, oh, man. and um, and uh, he actually gave Tarantino unused music that he wrote for the thing for Hateful Eight. Hmm. And I can really even tell cool. you I, I, when we when we do Hateful Eight, I can actually pinpoint and tell you exactly which scene it is. I know for a oh. fact is from. <laughs> I'll definitely be watching for that. That's cool as hell. Well, again, you, you haven't watched Hateful Eight yet, is that correct? That's correct. Okay, so I won't discuss anything. Yeah, yeah, we'll wait wait for next week for that one. Another week! Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, he he's probably one of my favorite composers. He did... Um, yes, brilliant. Besides the thing, um, he, my other favorite from him is The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Yes, that's the other one. Oh, yeah. my God. Love the music to that movie. Mm-hmm. That's the one with Paris Hilton, right? <laughs> no, 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 that, that's, that's House of Wax. Uh, oh, you know, I was thinking of the hottie and the naughty. The hottie and the naughty. Oh, oh. I'm going to be sick again. <laughs> oh, man. I, yeah. sorry, I, I brought this podcast to a screeching halt. 
I apologize. <laughs> well, you brought in Paris Hilton. What do you expect? Uh, oh, I would, but uh, <laughs> she's actually really, really good in the episode of Supernatural she's in. Um, yeah. yeah, if you guys haven't seen that, um, look it up. It's on Netflix. That's it is funny. freaking hysterical because she is just like she pokes fun at herself. She pokes fun at her career, and uh, they're like completely cool with it. It's just it's great. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I'm only season five of uh, that show. Mm. Yeah, so I didn't really know what Django was about, honestly. Like, I never really looked up a synopsis of the film. I knew it had something to do with, like, you know, slavery and and things along that nature. But I had no real idea what I was getting into. And Mm. so everything that came about was just so, I don't interesting to me, so engaging and just surprising, really. So we get the introduction of... King, uh, Dr. King Schultz, and it's Christoph Waltz. Oh, man. Christoph Waltz. What? God, he's so damn good. And this character reminds me so much of his character in Inglorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. Just how cool, calm, and collected he is, how in charge he is at almost at all times. Obviously, not in this situation at all times, in this film at all times, but f- uh, for the most part, especially in the beginning half of the film, I mean, just very reminiscent, but still a different character. And I think he just plays this character so well. Yeah, it's like, what if he played a Nazi hunter instead of a Jew hunter? <laughs> right. And you get Dr. King Schultz. Yep, exactly. You know? What's interesting is he only agreed to do this movie um, because he wanted to play a good guy. Oh really? Yeah, Tarantino asked him to be in it. And he's like, I will only be in this movie if I, in this next movie if I get to play a good guy because he just got <laughs> done playing the Nazi. That's awesome. <laughs> and fair enough, you know. And again, did he win an Oscar for this role as well? I think he did. Eh? I th- did he? He at least won a nomination for it. I think. Okay. Uh, I so thought he won one, but maybe not. Django got a bunch of noms if it didn't actually win thing. Uh, well, it's, no, it says here he won two Oscars. He got back. Uh, Inglourious Bastards, and then uh, Django Unchained. He won twenty thirteen. Oh wow, that's yeah. awesome! Good for him. Definitely so, well deserved. Oh, totally. Uh, another, just while we're talking about the acting, Jamie Fox. Jeez, oh Pete, he is f- he's brilliant in this. I mean, he's so damn he's so nuanced and and just small, but oh my god, he's so charismatic and just ah, he's awesome. Yeah, I'm not a huge uh, Jamie Foxx fan. Mm-hmm. You know, he's hidden miss for me. Yeah. But man, Absolutely. did he kill in this movie. Yeah, he sure did. I did think it was interesting. Jamie Foxx was not the first choice. Apparently, Will Smith turned down the role because he felt Django wasn't the lead of the film. And I'm like, um, what? Read- yeah, wow. did you read the script? <laughs> right. That's good. I'm glad he passed on it. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah I don't think man. he would have been a good fit for this. Mm-hmm. No, at all. He doesn't have the gravitas, you know? Yeah. At least, I shouldn't say that because he has made some dramatic films, which I've never watched because uh, <laughs> I don't like him, you know? Well, he, he was really good in um, It's Heartbreaking, and I wouldn't recommend, you know, just sitting down to watch it just because you want to catch Will Smith, you know, acting amazing. Um, but that the one where he was... Pursuit you know, of Happiness? Kid, yes. Oh, my God. That movie... That's the one with his kid, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that movie oh. broke me so bad. <laughs> I, I, he's good he's great in it but it's just yeah. like oh jesus but I just, yeah, every anyway. time i see him i hear the theme song of wild west in my in my head <laughs> you know it's a great 
great song. Oh, yeah, back in <laughs> and the movie's not so great, but I love the song. <laughs> yeah, I own the Blu-ray or the DVD. I've never finished the film. <laughs> <laughs> I bought for Salma Hayek. I'll be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. So watching watching the slaves. Uh, walk through this cold with nothing but a blanket on. Uh, there was something that was just so stark and just horrible about that. It's it just sets the mood of the film so well right from the opening opening scene there. Mm-hmm. Now, they're not Kenny quoting anything in this film. Yeah, exactly. You know, like it, it's harsh, and like you watch that film, you see the heat coming off their backs. Uh, yeah, you know, yep. like you get cold just watching it. You right. Know? Yeah, and we get some some typical Tarantino with just unexpected bursts of extreme violence in this film and it happens a lot he shoots the guy's horse i know <laughs> brilliant you know yeah. what i mean yeah right? yeah no I, I i'm not a connoisseur of uh cowboy films or westerns yeah, me either so i don't know how violent previous films were um but this one was violent and this one was it was wet mm-hmm. you know somebody gets shot oh and, yeah like, it's wet and they use they use squibs there's no cgi Man, it looked real. It looked awesome. Yeah, when they when this at the end of this first scene, when the slaves are freed and they walk up to him and they shoot the guy who's stuck under the horse, mm-hmm. just the amount of blood that squirts in the oh god. Yeah, I fucking loved the effects in this movie. Speaking of, I'm jumping way ahead to later in the film, but did you see who was in this movie? Uh, Speaking of effects. Uh, yes. Uh, what's yeah, his I name? Tom Savini. Time. Yeah, Tom yeah. Savini. I was like, is that motherfucking Tom Savini? I was like, holy shit, it, it is. And I, I double checked on IMDb and it absolutely is. I was very surprised to see him. I don't know, though. Does he? Did he do any of the effects work with the film? I, I don't, I don't know. know. Zoe Bell's actually in the movie, too. Yeah, I uh, saw that. She's one of the trackers. One of, like, yeah. I think she's in the same spot where uh, Savini is. Yeah, she's got that uh, band or that uh, scarf on her, her face. face. Yeah, that's yeah. what it was, yeah. Well, there's a few people that I was surprised to see and I dug seeing. Yeah. Uh, first of all, you had, uh, I think it was, what's his name? Tom Wolpack from yes. the Dukes of Hazard. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, he played US... the, the marshal. Yeah, he played the marshal after uh, King uh, kills the sheriff in town. Oh, yeah. The marshal that comes. That's, that's. Uh, well, I don't know which, it's, which Duke brother it is, but mm-hmm. that was one of them. Then, um, mm. again, skipping Luke. a little faster. It was Luke. Is it Luke? Luke? Yeah, Luke he, Duke. He, <laughs> he wasn't the as popular guy because he didn't have blonde hair. Um, and <laughs> then you had uh, then you had uh, Don Johnson. Yes, as a plantation Big owner. Daddy. God, he was great. How like I, you know he, he he does these films once in a while, but he's never skyrocketed like yeah. uh, like uh, uh, Travolta did after Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. And that's a shame because he's a great actor. He really is. Yeah, I've never really seen him in anything outside of the. What's that? The TV show he was in, Miami Vice. My, uh, yeah. Oh, then he then he did Nash or, Bridges. Nash Bridges is the one I I know of. Yeah, that's okay. the one I've seen him in. Like he had this role, then he had that role in Machete, where he was the, uh, you know, one of those uh, U.S. Patrol uh, Minutemen guard guys. Okay, I haven't you seen know? Machete yet. Oh, I'm not missing too much, mm. but uh, yeah, it was really cool to see him in that role as well, or yeah. in a role, you know. Right, right. Yeah, I loved him. I thought he was great. Yeah. Well, I hated him, but. Oh, of course, but he's so funny. Exactly. He's dumb, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, uh, it's just good to see him in, in other roles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that opening scene, I, God, Tarantino does such a great job with, with his openers. It just, they they perfectly set the mood, the tone, the pace, 
the just you know what you're getting the atmosphere is set in your theater mm-hmm. just on that that first scene in virtually all of his films and i don't know it's just one of the the many many reasons why i absolutely adore watching his films mm-hmm. he's just an expert he's brilliant well, he knows what his audience wants right and yeah. he delivers you know <laughs> exactly like I, I I know this this whole uh, series of Tarantino films that we're reviewing. Mm-hmm. It's pre- pretty much us giving him you know audio blowjobs. Yeah, but absolutely. God damn it, he deserves those blowjobs. Right, <laughs> he needs a good blowjob, and yeah. we're willing to audioize him. That's right, and idolize him on podcast. Yeah, if, if maybe he's maybe he's listening. <laughs> maybe he is. Hello, Mister Tarantino. <laughs> I enjoy your work. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Wait, well, I go into all of them with an open mind. If I don't like it, I'll tell you. But I, I lo- not only do I like them, I love them. And so, yeah, you're absolutely right. It just becomes one of those. But that's fine. Um, I was shocked when so after this first thing they, they kind of head into the town. I was shocked at how the citizens of the town were reacting by seeing uh, this this black man on a horse. Uh. There was something about it. I mean, there was some really funny dialogue, which I'm not going to repeat any of the dialogue because all the funny dialogue just has the N-word spewing about. <laughs> spewing about. So I'm not going to say it, but uh, there's some great dialogue. Um, but I'll be honest. The, the way they're reacting to Django on the horse is the way I would react to seeing a unicorn in real life. Right. Yeah. It's not supposed to happen. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. In those days, you know, yeah, you wouldn't right. have any African-Americans on the horse, mm-hmm. especially a freeman. Right, you know, like that. Just that. Hey, that's crazy. I, I'm not. Sure. I'm, I'm assuming this is before the Civil War. This took place. I, I don't yeah, know exactly. Like, uh, I want to say two years, or f- I think two years before the Civil War. Okay, one of so, the. So you can imagine. You, you can understand the reactions then when they when they see this because it's not something that's of uh, that they're accustomed to. Right. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's just. It was just so jarring to me. Not you know not spending a lot of time with. Uh, films that take are set in this era or anything like that, and obviously not being of that era, and so it's just, it was just so wow, wow. <laughs> and it's it's also kind of funny, you know, because yeah. uh, yeah, the reactions are, are just so stupid. But at the same time, some people still have those mentalities, which is ridiculous. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 it's, it's interesting. It's funny. It's also sad at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I love the way when Schultz is addressing the sheriff, uh, not the sheriff, the marshal, the marshal. after shooting the sheriff, yeah. uh, just the way he articulates every word yes. and is making sure that there is no way he's going to misunderstand a word he is saying, just a, a really small uh, choice by the character, but I mean, uh, just excellent. And another character choice of his was when I love how he grabs his mustache and kind of spins it. I mean, those small character moments, they make a fucking character, man. They make them so believable, and I love that. Yeah, we just touches it once for effect. Right. You know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I thought the way he, he uh, pronounces dialogue, yeah. I, again, it's what makes him so awesome as a bad guy in Inglourious Bastards. Mm-hmm. This is the way he dictates, dictates uh, uh, Tarantino's lines, yep. you know? Um, you want him in every Tarantino film. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love Django's reaction after that. He goes, I'll be damned. <laughs> Just perfect, man. Yeah. Um, I wish I knew, and I'm sure I could Google it real quick, but I didn't. What like what $200 equates to 
now. If they're getting $200 back in 1880 or whatever the hell it was, what I wonder what that would equate to now. Anybody have a guess, an idea? What? Uh, 200 then, what it would be now with inflation? Oh, let's uh, Google that. There you go. Yeah, uh, my guesstimate off of my head, I'd probably say like 200 then. I would say it's probably like 5,000 now. That's probably... Probably a good guess, yeah. Ish, you know, like just thinking bounties now, you know, the like twenty right. bucks. Then, uh, yeah, I would say it's probably like a, a five thousand ish amount, or maybe just add a zero, two thousand. Yeah. Okay. Two hundred dollars in eighteen fifty eight would be worth five thousand eight hundred eighty two dollars. You, you smart son of a bitch. A great price is right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you get to spin the big wheel a little bit later. Oh. Okay. Uh, well, here, here's a here's a better one for you that. What was it? Ten grand that the one dude's worth? Uh, well, he wanted to buy uh, seven thousand. He wanted to buy his. Um, he wanted to buy his uh, his Mandingo fighter uh, for twelve grand. Yeah, for twelve twelve thousand dollars in eighteen fifty eight would be worth three hundred and fifty two thousand dollars in twenty fifteen. Oh my Jesus God! Christ. Yeah, That's you're crazy. talking a lot of freaking money. That is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so it makes sense. That, that's see, that's good to put it in context because now I, it just means more to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So very good. I love the, uh, the blue outfit that Django picks out. <laughs> I just love that. That's uh, actually based off of the blue boy painting, uh, that was oh. in, done in 1770. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, by Thomas Gainsborough. Uh, it's, it's a painting called the blue boy. If you look, it's it, actually, I have it on the wiki paid for Django Unchained, but you can... I feel like I've seen that. it before. Yeah, I've seen it before. It's a very I, iconic painting, yeah. Yeah. I never correlated the two together before, though. Right. That's interesting. <laughs> That's very funny. How great was Fritz's horse, man? He freaking bowed. <laughs> like, God, what a cool horse. And then he, he was, like, doing, like, a weird walk at the end of the movie when Django was on him, too. I mean, just such a cool horse. Mm-hmm. So... I think I wrote this down. Yeah, when we met Big Daddy, I just like, oh man, all these slave owners, the rich white man, they're just fucking assholes. Um, and it's just insane how instantly shitty they are. Like how I just instantly hate them for for what it is that they do. Obviously, it's a different era, it's a different time, but I, my my feelings are still with my feelings. But I don't think they're. I don't think they believe they are assholes. No, they don't. That's, that's the all. thing, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like they, they're thinking they're being polite and courteous and southern hospitality and all that jazz. But yeah, they're assholes, but they're just brought up to have, you know, yeah. uh, their slaves as almost like cattle. You know exactly. what I mean? Yeah. So, it's, yeah it, it's property. Exactly. Exactly. They're property. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's funny how, how they act and how it's not. Thank right. God we don't live in those days anymore. Yeah, exactly. But they're, they're considering themselves as very polite gentlemen. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. That's Fair Southern enough. hospitality. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, when the when the one the the female slave was like, so you because he was trying to tell him how to treat Django, and she's like, so treat him like a white man. He goes, no, <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> I thought that was just hilarious. Yeah, that's pretty funny, man. The um one of the I don't, it's not even a negative, but it's just something that was kind of distracting. I thought was how how much color grading. Tarantino decided to use in the flashback scenes. Um, it goes, there's a lot less of it as the film goes on, but in the beginning here, there's a lot of flashback scenes and just how the color was graded, just the, um, I don't know how else to explain it. Uh, the, like the saturation of it. It looks grand Yeah. It was so, I feel like it, 
I don't know. It was just a little strange. It was like a bit too much for me. Mm-hmm. Got but got a bit heavy. But you know, he's flashing back to very uh, bad memories, right? Mm-hmm. You know, with the right. branding and the and the the whipping of Runhilda. And- that scene was so brutal, man. Yeah. God, you just feel it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. It's so I, I think because it's not romantic uh, flashback that yeah. it's jarring and mm-hmm. it kind of snaps you to attention almost. You know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I do have to give Carrie Washington props. She was fantastic. Yeah, she was great. For as little as she's on the screen, mm-hmm. oh, that just, ow. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. you feel it. Like, yeah. Right. I love when, um, oh, so I thought, having never seen the film and never read a synopsis about anything, I thought the whole movie was going to be them hunting down these three brothers. And so when he found the three brothers instantly, I was like, oh, okay, well, this is going to be a very different movie. Um, but I love, love that scene. He's whipping the guy. And then he says, I like the way you die, boy. Which, <laughs> God damn. So damn good. Yeah. Um, well, watching it again today, I, I realized, you know, that there's no chapters in this one. Yeah. You right. Know? But you, you can kind of tell the chapters mm-hmm. as the movie goes along. Like pretty much he kills the three brothers. Yeah. New chapter. Because yep. now he's about to enter, you know? Exactly. Yeah. The uh the blood splatter over the cotton fields. Oh, oh my it's just it reminiscent reminiscent <sighs> to kill Bill with Oren and yeah. Uh, yeah. and Beatrice. Yeah. Um the uh and then with the gun pointed at him and 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 Schultz says, Are you positive? And yeah, he's like, I don't know what that means. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just having that small conversation there to explain what positive means. And he goes, I'm positive he's dead at the end. I mean, oh God. Like, I'm going to blow my wad here a little bit, but I think this is my favorite script of Tarantino since Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. Like, I fucking loved this script. And it just feels like a movie that I'll watch over and over again. And it also shows how quickly that Django is adapting to situation. Yeah. You know? Very smart guy. He gets really good with a gun really quickly. Yeah. I love that about him, though. It's such a, a, a good choice, I thought. Uh, for the character. I thought it was so, so perfect. Mm-hmm. And then Jonah Hill pops up. I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, creepy, skinny Jonah Hill. <laughs> I know. That was so weird. But my God, this scene, first off, it was horrific. All these white men in these in these hoods. It's like, oh my, this is terrifying. And then with the holes in the eye hole, like the eye hole scene was just hysterical. Oh, by far the funniest scene in the movie. I, yeah. After the brutality of the killing of the three brothers. Right. To go to like this revenge on them. Yeah. And, you know, it's like the beginning of the KKK and yep, they're exactly. dummies, you just know. Simpletons. Why like, simpletons? Which is why just- I go. One guy goes home because uh, nobody appreciates his way to work in the hoods. <laughs> you know, like, that's hilarious. Oh. Did you know uh, that Tarantino actually has two cameos in this film? And one of them is, is he's one of the voices here. Oh, I didn't know that. No. Yeah, he's the one who's yeah. talking about how, you know, I think it was a good idea, but maybe it just wasn't executed well this time. Let's do it again next time or whatever the lines <laughs> are. That's him. Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, it's just, what a great scene. Just completely unexpected at that point. And so great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by far, by far, it's one of the highlights of the, one of the highlights of the film. Yeah. It's, it's so dumb. And, you know, it makes, you know, these, these races so look so stupid. Yeah. You know, like, fuck you, KKK, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Right. That's from Mark in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It was so, just, the word I can write down was poetic when um, Django shoots Big Daddy off the horse. Just, mm-hmm. ah, man. Yeah, I know I would not have made that shot. 
Right, yeah. You know, my bow would have ricocheted on a hoof or something. I, I, <laughs> I would have missed completely. Oh, man. I just love how you're just watching the horse. You hear the shot, and then a couple seconds later, you see his body fall off of it. I just, I want to watch it again right fucking now. It's then, so good. And then as the horse goes away, you see the blood splatter on the yeah. horse. Yeah. Very, very cool. So the, another music choice that I love was, uh, so Django agrees to join up with him for the winter. And uh, the music choice there was was so good. It was I don't remember the lyrics exactly, but they just fit what was happening so well during that montage. Was it one of the two rap songs that they use? No, that will come later. Okay, and I'm <laughs> we'll talk about that later. That was <laughs> okay. Um, Smitty. Okay, so the killing of Smitty Bacall right in front of his son. Yeah, that was. I don't. That was so. I, yeah, it was sad, but it was. A great character building moment. We learn a lot about Schultz in that scene right there. In such a short scene too. It does show that they have very little compassion left. Mm-hmm. To have, you know, like as a small boy to see your dad getting sniped. Right. You know, that's very traumatic. Like, I'm surprised they killed him. I thought they would yeah. have like let him go. Mm-hmm. Because the, the son was there. But yeah. nope. And the way. Yeah. In the way the son. He's like, oh, Papa. Papa. Papa and like yeah. just comes to the realization that something's wrong. Oh man, I'm glad they didn't stay on it too long because it was just been devastating. Yeah, it, it would have. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised the way they 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 finished that scene off. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's the Wild West, you know. Right. You get a bounty. Yeah. Paid. Exactly. And that's what the other thing that just struck me, and, and I'm sure it's true to what happened. You know, just these people don't even know that they're actually shooting the right people. They have a they have a drawing of them. They don't necessarily have ever seen them, and they're just they're just shooting them. They're just eyeballing from miles I, away. Exactly. I don't know if they do any recon checking. You know, like yeah. the the mailbox or mm-hmm. I don't know if they have mailboxes back then. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much you know. Uh, well, it looks like him. Could yeah. be him. All right, let's, let's shoot him. Yeah. And then the random ass text scroll that passes the passes us through the winter. The uh, chapter. Yep, exactly. I I liked it though. I thought it was fit perfectly to what I was watching. Yeah, it gave me like a bonanza feel. Yeah, it had the right font. Right. <laughs> yep. Oh man. Oh, and then I was, I was blown away, and maybe maybe I just was a victim. I don't know to a victim to ignorance. A black slaver, like was that a real thing? Were uh, there black people that had slaves like that existed? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Uh, again, I'm not familiar w- with that era too much. Yeah. But exactly. it would surprise the hell out of me to have a a black slaver controlling slaves for an, another white owner. Right. I don't think. Uh, I, I would say no. That's not of the norm. But yeah, if like I, it just shocked me because I'm so I, my history, you know. Yes, they did. Um, yep. Wow. Short answer to this question, as you might suspect, is yes, of course, some free black people in this country bought and sold other black people and so and did so at least since 1654 oh continuing my. to do so right through the civil war wow no shit that is fascinating yeah. that really took me aback i just dumbfounded i, I couldn't believe well, that, that was and a thing. like Django said too in the movie you know they're the worst of the worst they're yeah. the lowest of low yeah yeah ah <laughs> uh, i love when we're we're going to meet candy and we're, Mr. Candy. Yeah, we're walking up the stairs, and uh, Django says something like, it sounds like you were, the, the guy's talking about how his 
Candy's father did all this and that for him and yada, yada, yada. And, and, uh, Django responds with, it sounds like you were supposed, you were being raised to be a, you know, N word, something, the line, something like that. And, uh, the guy's like, what did you just say to me? And, and Schultz is like, nothing. He's just being cheeky. <laughs> I thought that was just hysterical. Such a great moment. Yeah, I, I like how, you know, with so much on the line that yeah. Django will still speak his mind. Right. Even yeah. if it puts him into hairy situations, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But now that scene uh, that we're coming to mm-hmm. with the Mandingo fighting. Oh, my God. Yes. Awesome scene. Yeah. Now, what you may or may not know, because you know that Django isn't an original creation, right? Right. Uh, back in the, I would say, 60s, 66. 70s. 66. 66. First movie, yep. Yeah. Okay, so the role was originally played by Franco Nero. Right, and he's actually in this film. Well, exactly. He's in the film, and they have like a, a moment together mm. um, at the bar when his Oh, uh, my fighter, God. Yeah, that's who that – okay. When, him, when his fighter uh, uh, dies, he goes to the bar to get a drink, and uh, they, uh, have a, uh, they have a little tete-a-tete, which I thought was awesome fan service. Absolutely, and I'm, I'm just thinking back to it and getting goosebumps because I'm loving it. Now that I know, I realize who that was. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. The yeah, D is true. silent. Yes, yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, go. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah, Man. I, I remember uh, I was at the theaters and like some people in the crowd cheered when they saw that. <laughs> you know, it was really cool. See, that's the, like if the more you know, the more there is to appreciate about a, about a Tarantino film. Like I wish I knew. I wish I've seen all the films that Tarantino has seen because I feel like I'd pick up so much more, so many more inside things like that. Yeah. And just make it even more enjoyable for me. You would get so many more influences of his. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so the introduction of of, of Candy, the Leonardo DiCaprio's character, it was just great. The, the zoom in right to his face and then we have his smug ass smile. His dirty teeth. Yeah. Oh, his gross ass teeth. But Leo, I have to say though, Leo should have won an Oscar for this movie because he is charming. Yeah. Perfect Southern gentleman and a complete and despicable human being all at the same time. Yeah. And he I, just pulls it off beautifully. I, I agree. Like, I love to hate this guy. Yeah. It's just like, oh. Now, I have not seen, um, uh, what the hell did he just win the Oscar for? Oh, the movie where I fell asleep twice to? Yeah, I haven't seen yeah. that one. That's the movie uh, called uh, Mark fell asleep twice to it. <laughs> right. But I can't imagine this. I don't know. Was his performance better there from what you did see? Uh, different roles, but like this one, like in, in, uh, Django, honestly, he, he's, my, it's my favorite, the careful role. And okay. I, yeah. I, see, I like him as smug bastards because mm-hmm. I loved him in Wolf of Wall Street. Oh yeah. But this one, he's chewing so much more scenery. <laughs> right. It's, uh, no, he's the villain. Yeah. You gotta love him. In the same way where you like, uh, Landa from Glorious Bastards. Yeah. But in a different way. Yeah. You know? Like he, this, go ahead. I was going to say, I've I've seen the memes, right? But I've never actually seen the movie, so I never really got it fully. But when he says, gentlemen, you had my curiosity. Now you have my attention. I mean, that was perfect. Yeah. (laughs) Just perfect. I mean, talk about just eating scenery right there. Man, oh, man. Yeah, he's taking big mouthfuls and, you know, he's just cheeks full of (laughs) – I don't know where I'm going with this. But yeah, he's he's awesome. Interesting note. Yeah, interesting note. With uh, DiCaprio, actually had a lot of problems getting through a couple of the scenes really? because of like the dialogue choices and stuff like that. <laughs> he had a he had such distaste saying it mm-hmm. that he actually stopped at one point. And Samuel Jackson's like, 
you know, dude, this is just like another Tuesday for us. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's awesome though. Yeah. One of my, another uh, one of the lines I loved in here uh, is uh, I wrote down the Django line, uh, the D silent, but also you don't wear a ho- you don't wear a hat in the house, white man. Even I know that. <laughs> just another reason to love Django. So fucking great. It, it's almost that you know Schultz is his sidekick at a certain point in time. Yeah, you know, yeah. because he's doing this for him now, right? So I, I find at this point, you know, like it's it's Django's game. Yeah, absolutely. Schultz is letting him into the game, mm-hmm. but he's taking over once the game is afoot. Yeah, you he's. Know? I love how he's explaining to him earlier in the film how he has to be an actor essentially, and he can't break character, and so on and so forth. And he just takes that <laughs> so to heart. And it's just so damn good once he gets to the candy, once he gets with meets with candy and everything, just sticking to that character. Yeah. And and I think it's the point was specifically where Django stops being the sidekick is actually when they're on the route to Candyland Mm -hmm. and Schultz stops them to go talk to Django to tell Django to chill the fuck out. Django's like, we don't need to chill the fuck out. You need to get back up there. Do your thing. I'm doing my thing. Right. <laughs> like you're paraphrasing, but that's basically it. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So that Mandango fight, holy shit, that was difficult to watch. And I'm, I watched plenty of UFC ultimately you know, and all that, but that was, that was just brutal. This is, this is actually, this is that the Mandango fighting is actually probably one of the, the bigger historical inaccuracies. Oh, really? The movie. It, the Mandingo fighting was rumored. There was never actually any proof that slave owners did this, but it's heavily rumored. So it's one of those they... things. It could have happened. It might not have type of thing. Hmm. But that was actually one of the bigger things they were all pissed off about. It's like, oh, that didn't happen. Well, it could have. Well, it's, it's entirely a... possible. Yeah, and it's a Tarantino film, so he's taking liberties. Right. So to me, I thought it was a fun aspect of the film because Mm -hmm. it just introduces a a different bunch of characters. Yeah. And, you know, uh, it it shows, you know, the 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 contempt that the slaves had for Django when they first meet. Right. Yeah. Well, again, jumping ahead at the end, they have respect. Right. Yep. Exactly. So with that one that one character specifically. Yes. When he cracks that smile. Yes. I was like, ah, there it is. Because I thought for sure, like the way that he treats him earlier, um, I was just ready for something to go down. But And it's all in his eyes. Just the look he gives yep, him, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love that there was another Arriva Derchi in this scene. <laughs> it made me happier than hell. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't, even though if you want to go with historical inaccuracies, I mean, come on, Inglorious Bastards, they actually killed Hitler. Yeah, exactly. So, it was, I mean, it, it, as far as Tarantino goes, history. it's his own separate reality anyway. Right. So. <laughs> Which yeah, I love. We know it didn't happen because Hitler is actually in Argentina right now. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, now they're they're heading out to to the farm, the plantation. I love the oh, – I got I to gotta scroll up because he was great in this, but I can't remember his name. Um Walton Goggins yes. as Billy Crash. I forgot he was in this movie. Yeah. When I rewatched it today, it, I completely yeah. forgot this is not, or that Hatefully was not his first Tarantino film. Oh, he's in a, oh, awesome, good, because I like yes, him. Yes, he oh. has a bigger role in Hatefully. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. But what I loved here is he has such a small role, but he's so memorable. Like, the thing that I love was his walk. The way he walked was so unique and just 
ah, oh, smug, something about it. I, I don't know. I love that. It's just such a, it's another one of those character choices that make a fucking character. And I love that about that. Well, uh, the thing. It's like he's puffing out his chest at Django because, you know, he right. thinks he's a better person, you know? Mm-hmm. And you can see him at the end when they're walking back to the house in that silhouette. You can tell it's him because of the way he walks. Yeah. His, mm-hmm. his swagger, if you will. It's brilliant. But yeah. And, uh, he, he says to Django, I'm going to walk in the moonlight with you. And Django responds with, you want to hold my hand? I mean, <laughs> God damn, the script is so fucking good. He, and calls, he says, so, I think he refers to him as moonlight. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, later yeah. on. Yeah. Riding a horseback with the slaves too. Right. <laughs> oh, and then, and that's when we get the first of the two modern rap songs in there. This one is by, I had, a, I, it's called, um, a hundred black crosses by Rick Ross. Okay. Yeah. It, is fucking awesome like i am not a rap guy by any stretch but this song was incredible i had i had to listen to it on youtube a little bit earlier like it's such a great song and i kind of um poo-pooed inglorious bastards when they brought in that uh who was it bowie bowie yeah the bowie song but this one here even though it is a modern song in this Mm -hmm. not modern film i don't know what it was but i just loved it so fucking much yeah, it, it is a pretty cool scene. Again, I, I, the music I find is really well selected. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't think any of it is iconic. Maybe because it's still a newer film mm-hmm. and it hasn't received its iconic status yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just I just find his previous films had more of an impact music-wise. But the music he picked in this one and in the next one uh, fit perfectly the tone that he was looking for. Right. And I think this one probably struck me more than, than his other films just for the, for the song choices. I don't know what it was about them. Um, but I think just the, the lyrics fit so well to the, to the moment that was going on and, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. And then just out of nowhere, we've had all these older sounding feeling songs. And then out of nowhere comes this rap song by Rick Ross. It's like, holy shit. I just, jarring in such an excellent way yeah it is pretty cool uh the other thing i loved about this was the filming locations the when i wrote this down that was kind of they were walking to that house in the middle of the swamp area near Candyland. Mm-hmm. um it's where the the dog scene happens yeah what a awesome awesome shot uh awesome place to film just so gorgeous and then obviously earlier in the film with the mountains with the s- snow-covered mountains things like that just this big vast open fields uh just as such a really gorgeous film to look at no it, it is uh I, I don't like the swamp scene just for what happens uh, mm-hmm. at the end because i'm like oh that's i'm glad because okay so so one of the uh i guess one of his uh mendigo fighters escapes Candyland. yeah gets yeah. caught by the dogs right the dogs track him to a tree he's up the tree and you know after some discourse Candy seeks, seeks the dogs on the guy mm-hmm. to kill. Um, I don't know of a worse way to die, but having <laughs> right. dogs rip you apart. You know, mm-hmm. I'd rather have wolves. Um, but yeah. I'm just happy that Tarantino didn't shoot it graphically. Right. You see, see but you see glimpses. Yeah. And, and what's so crazy is you see more later when when um, Schultz is having the the flashback. Yes, the guilty, guilty conscience. Yeah. Because if it wasn't for him mm-hmm. uh, going back to Candyland to, to pick up uh, Boomhilda, then maybe this guy would have had a better fate. Right. You know. So yeah, so yeah he, he feels guilt over his death. Yeah, he definitely did it to 
like uh, Candy definitely did it to to mess with Django, Django and yeah. and Shells just to mm-hmm. see what they would do, uh, and that just uh this is like wow, right? Yeah, it was. I mean, just such a tense scene with Candy and, staring down Django as he sicks the dogs on him. Yeah. yeah. And at the same time, this shows the audience, well, this guy isn't all laughing giggles. Right. You no, know, he talks. He, uh, he talks a good game. And, mm-hmm. he, you know, he's kind of funny to today's standards. Yeah. But this guy is an asshole. Like, he is a slave owner. Mm-hmm. He does not give two shits. Right. Unless it's profitable for him. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, so it's pretty... That was, that was a rough... Uh, to me, that's probably one of the roughest scenes in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, still great acting scene. Oh yeah. But just you know, sometimes subject matter it, it hits you harder than other points. You know, right, right. That was a pretty. It could have been a lot worse. Yeah. You know? So kudos to to him for mm-hmm. not showing too too much. Right, right. And you didn't have to. You had the, you had the sound. Yeah, exactly. Enough. The introduction of Samuel L. Jackson's character was, uh, I mean, he was hilarious. He's so good in this role. Um, even though I don't. I, I don't like the character of Steven, but Samuel L. Jackson was so great in it, I thought. It's, it's probably my, one of my favorite roles for him because he is so funny. Yeah. And so conniving and he'll do anything to save his own skin. Right. You and, know? and it was very meaty. It was a very meaty role for him too. Yeah. It was best since Pulp Fiction in terms of that. I think so. I think it's probably my uh, my, my second favorite after Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. You know, like... Uh, <laughs> He is so deceitful and you can't trust him. Yeah. Oh, not at all. And he's been in this game for so long. He knows like he's, he's the boss of the staff, you know? Exactly. So you, uh, you know, you uh, turn on him and uh, your ass is grass. Right. The um, reveal of Django's wife, they use that, they use the use of slow motion uh, to build the tension. I thought it was so great. I mean, frankly, we, is it going to be here or is it not going to be her? I'm not. I wasn't 100 certain when I was watching it, um, and just the use of the slow motion to build that tension to that reveal, I thought was really, really good. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she was in the box. Oh my god! You know, if they were going to keep her in there for ten days, I couldn't get over the fact that they were going to keep her in there for ten days. Yeah, and it's a metal box, and like I'm, right. I was surprised there was no uh, no skin damage when she was removed. Mm-hmm. Maybe they didn't well, have they, enough time yet. They didn't. Yeah, they just put her in there that morning. Yeah. Oh, right. it's still, you know, hot, hot metal, you would probably get yeah. some scolding or something, right? But, ah, so fucked up. Whew, yeah, it is fucked well, up. Well, that's if she struggled. If she was, if she knew that it was hot, she might just have laid there, too, if she'd been in it before. And something tells me that she has been there multiple times. Yeah, I thought they, I thought that's what was, was at least implied, was that, yeah, she'd been in there before. I think the thing that got me the most about that scene is when they're taking her away. In they're the not carrying her in a stretcher or anything right. like that. They throw her in a wheelbarrow. Right. Such a small thing that if you're not paying attention, you won't even see. But man, yeah, that's brutal. Yeah. Well, she's a commodity, right? Yep. She's exactly. not a real person. So Yeah. I love when Django finally gets to meet her and she faints. And <laughs> Schultz says, you silver tongue devil, you. <laughs> that was that so funny. scene, the anticipation of them speaking yeah. German and then, mm-hmm. oh. Yeah, I was, I was just like, yeah. I couldn't wait for them to, to see each other for the first time again in all these years, you know? Yeah, exactly. That was a good moment. Yeah, so great. The dinner scene, as it went on, as it went on, all I could 
it just it felt so it was getting more and more tense and uncomfortable like i just wanted them to get hurt and get the fuck out of there yeah. especially when sam jackson uh when steven approaches her about knowing Django. it was just so tense mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. man um and what's crazy about that scene when uh candy does his speech with the with the skull the skull well you know yeah. he he uh he cut his hand in that scene. oh my god yeah so the blood in that scene is actually his well okay that and, that makes sense that's and they really just cool. went for it that's why uh Brumilla looks so freaked out when she smeared his hand oh over her yeah but it's, it's his actual blood so oh. again kudos to uh uh to uh leo Mm-hmm. For, for, for that scene because like he could have said cut and like my hands all you know cut up mm-hmm. but he just he just continued on yeah and that's this and that's the take they used it was the he was intense because how often are you going to get that chance right exactly yeah such so a cool one thing one thing about the dinner party i think it was interesting is San, uh, steven's whole portrayal up to that point has basically been an act put on to deceive Django and Schultz because when he goes back to talk to Steven, Steven's laying out in that comfy chair, Mm -hmm. drinking some alcohol, just chilled out. And DiCaprio's character does not freak out about it at all. It's like, it always happens that way. Right. So it's just like, wow. So the whole time they've been putting on this dog and pony show, just to find out more about their two guests, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, ugh. <laughs> so well done. And it's it's subtle. I, mm-hmm. It's just the way it's just the way Steven talks to him when he's giving him the information. He's like, they're here for the girl. You know, mm-hmm. they're married or something. And and uh he says something to him and he's like, Oh, well thank you, Steven. <laughs> 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 and, and, you know, in a typical Sam Jackson way, but it was just like like Oh wow. yeah, <laughs> that was great. I know. I just it just hit me what you were talking about. Yeah, where he <laughs> thanks himself, and then yeah, it was so funny. But, yeah, so he's been yeah they've been leading him on this whole time because and it's like when he first comes out, he's a- acting different initially until he realizes they've got guests, and then he switches it on the 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 old old time you know hard mm-hmm. of hearing dude to, to kind of pull things over type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely an uh, interesting take on it. I didn't I didn't get that at all when I was watching it, but definitely well, something I, to watch for yeah. to go again. Yeah, I've watched it like well, I've watched it like five times right. <laughs> in the yeah, last year. Exactly. So it's just like it's like I didn't pick up on it the first time. I started to kind of notice it the second time, but it's like this time around it's like he yeah, he has that kind of at the start. And right. He, and he does pick it up again a little bit back when they come back out while he's doing the skull thing, yeah. but not nearly as much. Mhm. So hmm. that's cool. The um, yeah, I love the the moment where he spreads the blood on her face. I was like, that's just too damn much. Like, oh man, that's crazy. Um, and then after they give him the twelve thousand dollars, and it's the next scene with the lady playing the harp and everything. It's just, I feel like Tarantino is one of the absolute best at this, and it's just that feeling that something bad is about to happen. And that's the feeling I had the entire time I was watching that scene. It just felt like here, something is going to happen. This movie's not done yet. Something bad is going to happen. And then, of mm-hmm. course, the shootout, which, frankly, I think it's 
my favorite shootout scene in any of Tarantino's films. I mean, it was just insane. I loved it. The music. Oh my God. Yeah. When Django just goes Uh, shit and the music kicks on, I was like, yes. (laughs) It's our second modern rap song. And that Mm -hmm. one's, uh, um, what's his name? The guy rapper who's dead, not biggie, but not, not notorious B I G, but the other guy, Tupac? Tupac, thank you. God, see, I really? am is as it? I did not ignorant as it comes when it comes to <laughs> rap scene. But um, yeah, it's him and somebody else. I can't remember. I, I forget who the other guy's name was. But yeah, it's Tupac and somebody else. So yeah, that was interesting. But just another, I mean, just such a great use of uh, of the music, especially bringing the modern music back in. I, I thought it was so damn cool. What I liked as well during the the gunshots, like during the firefight, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's or Django's uh, ducking for cover on the corner, and all these guys are shooting at him from the uh, from the front door. Yeah, and it's in like in slow motion, and the bullets are hitting the bodies like oh, like yeah. bombs. Yes, you know? and the 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 sound cues were very much like bombs dropping. Yes, and when the bullet hit the flesh, you know. A huge explosion of blood. Right. Like, it's like bullet hitting meat and blood. And to me, that's what I loved about, uh, you know, the whole, the whole firefight mm-hmm. was, was, you know, first of all, it's brutal. Right. Because like, oh, like it's, it's probably the most brutal firefight I've seen in a, in a Western. And again, my, my viewing pool is very shallow, yep. but I was just amazed by that. And just the use of sound, like every bullet's like a bomb because yeah. it's just tearing people apart. Oh, that was so <laughs> cool. James Brown and Tupac Shakur. Yeah, that was, I saw that. It was. <laughs> but anyway. Um, like James Brown, James Brown? Yeah. Or like another guy called James Brown? No, I think probably that James Brown, James Brown. Oh. Yeah. So. Yeah, because it's a mix of two of the songs, the Payback. Payback and Untouchable, yeah. Yeah, uh, Payback was the James Brown one, and Untouchable was the Tupac song. And the two mixed together, they refer to as Unchained. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. So where was I here? Let's see. Um, uh, One thing that surprised me was Steven was so upset about uh, Candy dying. That was mm-hmm. surprising to me because, I mean, this was his owner, like his master. Like he – I don't know. But at the same time, I, I I understand it looking back because, I mean, frankly, he raised him. Mm-hmm. You know, he knew him since he was born, I'm sure. And so I, I could see why it affected him. But still, it's just this guy owns you. Like I don't know. But You know, he owns them but at the same time, uh, you know, like his – I'm assuming his family grew up with – his right. other family mm-hmm. all their lives so he had a special status yeah you know what i mean like he was also uh, he was like a confidant to candy right right um, mm-hmm. so, exactly so him dying he's like well what am i now mm-hmm. you know, i'm just like the rest of you yeah um unless of course you know he, st- he still has his sister at mm-hmm. the time um but yeah candy was his protection so that he doesn't he doesn't become another slave that's outdoors exactly because you know? he's exactly. got it pretty cushy Oh yeah, definitely. So uh, yeah, like him dying or the family dying and he sees that all go to pieces. Right. And it's really this moment when I realized how despicable Steven is. Mm. Um, He's just nothing about him is, is good. And uh, yeah. Um, No, he's just looking out for himself. Exactly. Exactly. It's all about him. Yeah. So, what what in the flying hell 
was Tarantino's accent. Was it Australian? Yes. It, yes. Okay. It, well, it was fine. One of the, fine yeah, then. one of the other guys was Aussie. Yeah, but I was like, yeah, "What the fuck there. is he doing?" Because I thought it was like a. He was. I figured he was just someone from the south. Then you start talking. I'm like, "What the fuck is that?" I was man, oh man. But yeah, so okay, that makes sense. Like he's Australian, but why the hell are these Australian guys? Like, why? Why are they Australian? Uh, I I was in a, an Australian mining company that uh, bought the uh, bought the slaves. It was an Australian mining company. I, I could be wrong. Yeah. I, okay, I, just, I thought I, I heard think- that. So. I th- it's I a mixed that. mining company, but I imagine the three guys run it. And yeah. one guy's from Texas, and the other two are, are, are Aussies. Right. I thought just Django's plan. I mean, it's just so f- brilliant. Such an intelligent man. What a great plan to try to get these idiots, these Aussies, to chase after this reward. Mm-hmm. And then he uses, you know, has the the fortune of having the three other slaves with him. That can vouch for him saying that, yeah, he came in with this other white guy and blah, blah, blah. I mean, just perfect. And then the second he gets the fucking gun, just blows all three of them away. (laughs) So damn good. Yeah. And the shot, uh, because he shoots Tarantino who blows up because he's a TNT. And the shot of the the smoke like kind of going up, billowing up over him Mm -hmm. and then him appearing. I mean, such a great shot. Just so great. Yeah, it was because you see, like it, it's billowing, mm-hmm. and then he comes out, and you know, all cool, <laughs> badass looking, right? Yeah, and that's when we get the smile from the other slave, and it's exactly. just exactly awesome. Um, I thought Django saying goodbye to Schultz was very touching. I thought it was just a really small moment, but it was really well done. Mm-hmm. And again, another cool part of the scene is you get some more Michael Parks, which mm-hmm. again, I am always in favor of uh, a Michael Parks cameo. <laughs> It's just awesome. So, uh, I loved uh, the shadow play when uh, Django and his wife are reunited, mm-hmm. and it goes in really good um, contrast to the as the, the the group of the families walking back from the funeral. That silhouette of the whole family, with again like the the main guy in the middle who tried to ch- cut off Django's nuts. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the way he walks is right in the middle. I mean, just uh, such cool shots. I love both of them and they just played so well together. And then the kind of the final moments here were just so fulfilling, so cathartic to see these motherfuckers get their comeuppance. I wow. Miss <laughs> Laura getting blown the fuck away. That was yeah. so great. She just goes awesome. flying. Yeah. Say, say goodbye to Miss Laura. Miss <laughs> 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 uh, I love I think my favorite part though is the one where he, he's got him he's got him shot and he's like what were you gonna do to me yeah. oh that's right <laughs> <laughs> and she's uh, right in the privates yeah yes. yeah what's with all the dick shots man oh jeez <laughs> no. he, he, Tarantino has a thing with dick shots um <laughs> like apparently like it's since like it happened in Kill Bill I think uh yeah it happened in Kill Bill so from Kill Bill onwards, he has had a dick. Somebody's dick or balls get shot in every mm-hmm. one of his films following Kill Bill. Yeah, I don't know. It makes me cringe every time I see it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, he he sure loves his uh, his ball shots. Mm-hmm. And then the the final music choice, the the one of the lines is, "He's the guy who's the talk of the town." Uh, just great. 
I mean, I love the music in this film. Um, so for me, my first time viewing, I thought Django Unchained was just absolutely fucking brilliant. It was enthralling. It was beautifully shot. One of the wittiest scripts since Pulp Fiction and one of the best since Pulp Fiction. It's just an incredible assortment of music. I'm, it was, wow. I cannot wait to watch this again. I don't know of any of these films I've watched so far during this Tarantino-thon. This is the one I want to go back and watch again right now. Now, that mm. could be just because this is I've only seen it once, but whatever the case is, that's how I feel. Like, I, I could watch this again tonight. It was that good. It was so great. This is definitely a, a four-star film for me. Yeah, the, you, it's funny you mentioned that because I watched it the one day. Like, I finished it that night. Yeah. And, like, I messaged my, my son. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you have to come watch this movie. Mm-hmm. Love this. And so, like, I watched it with him, like, the next day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was just like, yeah. I love this movie. That's awesome. All right. So out of four stars, what are you giving it, Ash? I am giving this one the big four. Excellent. All right. Mark, what about you with final thoughts and your star rating? Um, final thoughts, star rating. Um, I, I think the movie gets better the more you see it. Okay. Um, because I remember the first time watching it, I was like, wow, that's a Tarantino film. But then I got more subtle hints the more I see it. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, man, it, it, it it's good. It's like it's really, really good. I, I'm gonna give it three and a half. Okay. Yeah, three and a half. Excellent. So, where would you place it in your Tarantino filmography? Oh, can you so, uh, remind me what I've uh, got so far? Okay. You have Inglorious Bastards at the top. Yeah. Then Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Then Death Proof, and then Kill Bill Volume Two, Kill Bill Volume One, then Reservoir Dogs, then Jackie Brown. Well, it's better than Jackie Brown. Um, I'm going to go with, I think I'm going to go with, uh, it's going to, it's going to be Inglourious Bastards, Pulp Fiction, Django Unchained. Okay. And then Death Proof? Yeah. Perfect. And what about you, Ash? You have, uh, so just to recap, Marks, you have Inglourious Bastards, Pulp Fiction, Django Unchained, Death Proof, Kill Bill 2, Kill Bill 1, Reservoir Dogs, Jackie Brown. No, and Ash, sense. Yeah. Ash, your order right now is Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, Kill Bill 1, Kill Bill 2, Inglorious Bastards, uh, Jackie Brown, and Death Proof. Where would you fit Django in there? Um, I would actually put Django ahead of Pulp Fiction. Wow, I like it. Mm. You know, I honestly was thinking about putting Django ahead of Pulp Fiction, but I can't. Because I've seen Pulp Fiction more, and I know it it lasts, it, it holds up over repeat viewings. I think if I watch Django more, it absolutely could overtake Pulp Fiction for me as my favorite Tarantino film. Really? But I'm putting it Pulp Fiction, Django Unchained, and Glorious Bastards, Kill Bill 1, Jackie Brown, Death Proof, Reservoir Dogs, Kill Bill Volume 2. That's my order of things. So we now it's a little difficult for me because I've only seen this film and I've only seen Hate I will have only seen Hateful Eight once. And so after you know, after repeat viewings, these that order might change a little bit, but mm-hmm. that's where it's that's where it stands right now. So we only have one film left of our Tarantino thon, which is just crazy to me. And that one will be the Hateful Eight, which just came out on Blu-ray a couple weeks ago. And I own that steelbook. That's the other thing I was gonna say. The Django Unchained Steelbook is probably one of the best looking steelbooks I own. It is gorgeous. But with that said. Let's move on from our Tarantino-thon and head over to Black Mirror, where we have two episodes to talk about. First up is episode two of season two, entitled White Bear. 
And this one was directed by Carl Tibbetts and written by Charlie Booker. So a quick synopsis here. A woman wakes up with no recollection of who she is or what's going on and has to figure out both. All right. So now, Mark, uh, last week, if you, if the listeners recall, Mark uh, was led astray by his show me. Show me. Yeah. Mm. And he, you actually watched, um, the episode three before episode two, because that's the order they had it on there. So yes. um, you actually just watched this one recently. I didn't watch this. I watched this one last week. So I apologize. I'm a little foggy, but the first thing that struck me was how much this felt like a video game to me, especially when she grabbed that picture of the little girl at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. I just thought, man, this reminds me of a video game. Like I'm about to play something very interesting right now. Uh, what was that PS2 video game that got into so much trouble? For its violent depictions of death, um, it, it was a rock star game. Manhunt. Man, yes, it had a, a manhunt feel to it. For yeah. Me. <laughs> when I when I watched it, I'm like, ah, this feels like manhunt. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking of games like um, Indigo Prophecy and um, uh, Heavy Rain. Like it just reminded me of well, something like that. Yeah, I don't know about the first one. I could be an Xbox One exclusive, so. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's actually a PlayStation 2 and PC game. Oh, <laughs> it's an old yeah. one. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it, it, had, it had a bit of a surreal, almost the same time with all the memory loss, a little Silent Hilly. Yes, you know? yeah, absolutely. absolutely. But just, just, just hints off Silent Hill. Like, yeah. You know, just that's what it, it, it felt. It, that's what came up to me when uh, I was watching it. Right. Yeah, I, thought, I would agree with that. Yeah, it's, it's very good, very good connection there, no doubt. Uh, I thought the people standing in the windows, I mean, it was just creepy as hell to me. Um, I I don't, man, what a weird episode. And then the guy gets out of this, out of the car wearing this like mask. It's just another really creepy ass moment. Um, mm-hmm. I, man, I was so engaged though, because I'm like, what the fuck could possibly be going on right now? Um I don't know. What were your what were your guys' thoughts kind of on uh, up to this point in this opening here? Ash, start with you. Um, I I was like I was thinking that they were going with a cuz I don't read the synopsis for the episodes. I yeah. Mind. So I thought they were going with some kind of, you know, the signal like like, like almost like pulse where the signal of the communications is fucking yeah. on type of thing. Mm. That was where I was going with it and then they went off in a completely different direction. Right, right. And what about you, Mark? Uh, same thing. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking of the, that Stephen King book, uh, Cell. Okay. You know, where everybody gets a signal transmitted at the same time and pretty much turns to zombies. Yeah. In this case, you know, people were, were voyeurs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was just creepy with everybody with different cell phones just tracking them down. Yeah. Um, I was still trying, still trying to figure out the purpose of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it had my interest. Like this episode actually had my interest the whole time. Yeah, definitely. I thought it was some, like I wrote down, like, is this some sort of reality television event or something? Cause that's the yeah. kind of the feel it had to it, which I mean, it's not too terribly far off from what, what is actually going on here. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it was just a real mind fuck watching these people record, but doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um, and then I wrote down, wow, that girl in the coonskin hat looks so damn familiar, but I can't place her. And then what do I realize? Come and say it's fucking Riley from Sense Eight, which we did our uh, podcast on, before, Mark, before you were uh, before you joined us with um, Ash vs Evil Dead. We were doing Sense Eight. So, so which character was uh, the Sense Eight girl? Uh, she's like the main partner. Oh, of, the helper. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah helper. the helper. The one, the one that was like in like the the punky outfits. Yeah, with the, with yeah. the guy at the, at the van. Exactly. 
Oh, okay. Yep. Um, I love her in Sense8. She's gorgeous, but uh, she's, she did a really good job in this one, too. Um, it reminded me a lot of The Purge at the beginning. That's what I was thinking of. It was like, yeah, is that what this is? Like, what sense. is going on? Um, but I love that about it because, I mean, I as I've mentioned before, I absolutely love The Purge. And mm-hmm. so I was like, once it had that vibe, I was like, oh, okay, I like this. What's The, the, the lead actress um, of the episode, uh, Lenora uh, Kreiklo, I actually know her from the British version, the original version of Being Human. She's the ghost in that. Oh, okay. I've never she watched that. She was also that. in an episode of Doctor Who. Um, oh, really? But, but yeah, that, I remember her from being human. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. I love the the story that they tell her that the cell phones kind of turned them into like techno zombies. Because mm-hmm. like I'm, I'll be driving down the road and thinking to myself, man, I want to want a movie. I want it to be something like a zombie film, but I don't want it to be zombies. What can I do? And I'm like, fuck, that's a brilliant idea. Like, I love that, using the phone to turn them into kind of techno zombies, which is something they also use, same kind of idea they use in this this independent film called Antisocial, which okay. I thought was pretty good. Not a great film by any stretch, but definitely interesting. It's, again, something that's transmitted through social media that turns people into these zombie-like creatures. And okay. I thought that's what I was dealing with here. Okay. Um, yeah, I just thought it was a really cool premise. Um, so – the shot in the woods of the of the previous victim when they meet the man in the tr- in the van, mm-hmm. I thought that shot was very ominous. Uh, just very well done, very cool shot with the people hanging in the trees. I thought that was really neat. Yeah, there are a lot of good shots in this. The way they the way they framed things and set things up. Yeah, uh, especially when you watch the credits later. Um, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> it's just like wow. Yeah. Yeah. The end credits again, without jumping too uh, too fast ahead. Oh, um, I really dug it. Yeah. Uh, that was a genius way to spin this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll get to that. But yeah, I, I really dug the ending on this episode. Yeah, I did too. Um, at one point, I felt like Riley was going to be in on this thing. Um, I, I wrote down. I feel like she's somehow a part of this. Like I thought she was one of the bad guys, which. I mean, kind of is the case, but I guess she would technically be one of the good guys if you, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. But it just felt like something was going to happen there. Um, and then all of a sudden we realized that we're watching what we're watching. And it's like just the oddest form of torture I've ever seen. Uh, I just such a fucked up idea. I don't, it's just crazy. I am so in favor of something like that. <laughs> I would actually try to get a job there. <laughs> I thought that that turnaround was amazing. Yeah. And what we when we find out what our actual lead actress actually did, um, she deserves every moment of it. And what a strange situation it leaves the viewer in. Because clearly we're rooting for this person. I, I yes. mean, I would assume. I was at least. You want her to well. win. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we find out that she's this horrible person who, you know, helped in a child murder. And it's like, I don't, I, I was just so, uh, I don't know, torn, I guess. It's like, I, I despise her now, but at the same time, I'm still like, but, but I was just rooting for, I don't, it just puts, puts the viewer in such an awkward state, yeah. which I think was the point. And they did that very well, very well executed. See, uh, I, I like the whole thing of, you know, the, the whole switcheroo. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, what I expect isn't exactly what happened. Right. I, I dig that. When I get the whole Absolutely. flip-flop over, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, I was, like, I finished this episode and I was like, damn, that was good. Mm-hmm. That was really good. My only, my only problem with it 
is you don't actually. I mean, I mean, uh, obviously, she's not learning anything out of this. Right. No. It's so strictly it, it torture. Basically, it's just torturing somebody for what mm-hmm. they did, and I think that was my only issue with it. I mean, it's yeah. a unique way of doing it. Mm-hmm. I think if she was collectively learning something from it, yeah, I would be okay with it. But like, yeah, it, it basically is a deterrent from the masses, not for her. Right. You know, if for her, it's just a, that's a good a, point. Torture. Yeah. That that was my only. Problem. And she does. Yeah, because she doesn't even remember the day before. You know, no. like that's what I'm wondering. Like, what kind of psychological effect this would have on someone if this were a real thing? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I I think it's great. You know, everybody says, oh yeah, you know, uh, you know, uh, what is it? Death penalty is is too is not right. Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. Well, for you to relive, you know, right. what your victim felt probably. Yep. Not knowing where she mm-hmm. is and being filmed and then being mm-hmm. killed. Um, yeah, you uh, you want to bring it on, then you know, you're gonna get that in return over right. and over again. But not knowing it's <laughs> over and over again. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's, what a twist. I loved it. Yeah. I love the the small the if you do, if you weren't you could miss it, it was so quick. But uh they were selling sponges to throw out like the Pope yes, Mobile. For two bucks. For two bucks. I was like, God damn. It's just such a Wow, it's a fucking amusement park, and it's so ripe yeah. for <laughs> just discussion. But man, um, yeah, I, I really dug that. <laughs> that was so cool. You know, kids like it's a theme park. Yeah, exactly. You know, where That's you, can, wrote- you can pay admission, yeah, and be part of the story to rehabilitate or whatever. You know, yeah. Uh, I oh man, <laughs> I really yeah. enjoyed it. And I think it's so cool in this episode how nothing, it doesn't really come together until the credits because I wrote down like, I don't understand the point of having a repeat this day after day because if it's a, for a reality television show of some sort, wouldn't you, wouldn't the audience just get sick of watching the same thing over and over again? Yeah. And then the credits hit and they reveal that this is like live theater. Essentially you're, it's not for a reality TV show. It's reality live theater, if you will. And, uh, just how it's a new audience. It's a theme park of sorts. Like, man, just a fucked up idea that I thought was executed really well, which so far this season, that's what has been the story of the game. I feel like there's been really cool ideas that have been executed really well. Um, I guess the last two or three episodes have been that way. Well, the last two were, um, I guess your season finale in the U S yeah, <laughs> yeah. I uh, oh, we're not there yet, but yeah. right. Yeah. So, any uh, final thoughts and or your star rating, Mark? What do you give this one? Uh, I'll give this one a four. I I enjoyed it. I'm like, okay, what's going on here? She's mm-hmm. being chased. Um, I was I was worried about the people that were helping her because I'm like, well, they put her in that situation too. Um, yeah, no, I yeah, I thought it was great. Uh, I I think I still like the first episode of season two better. But this one is a close second. Which one was the? Uh, which one was that? The was last? the one about uh, you know the one where the husband dies and oh like yeah, a yeah AI yeah. version of him. Yeah, I like that one too. Um, yeah, and I'll give this. I give this one a three stars. I really like this one. Um, just a really, uh, really well done episode from beginning to end. Um, what about you, Ash? How many stars are you giving this one? Um, I'm giving this one a three. Um. I it was I thought it was pretty good up until the ending. It, it's just I I like it's an interesting idea. I just I yeah. have some issues with right. Yeah, you know, like what if they didn't do it type of thing and yeah. 
I don't know. But uh, I... Yeah, I didn't someone's, someone's like, anti-death penalty. <laughs> no, no, I'm not anti-death penalty. They did oh, just it. Just kidding. You know, they, can, they, right. can, they can take it. Uh, yeah. But, you know, that, that's the only thing is, though, but, if, if it's circumstantial, yep. then you're putting someone through something that they may not have actually done. And exactly. that I have a problem with. Yeah, but, and that's why I'm anti-death penalty. Because you never fucking know for sure. Yeah, there's a lot of overtrickers, but no, I don't know. The the only thing I did actually, I didn't like the way they did uh, the reveal, the 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 more kind of fleshing out through the end credits. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that at all because um, I have a tendency when they hit the, the directed by to just hit the next episode. Oh, something. gotcha. And I happened to just got lucky. <laughs> that played it played through before I stopped it. Otherwise, yeah. I was like, "Well, that's kind of like, eh. um, right?" But I I did like how they padded out the end credits. That was that was a nice little kind of mind screw there. So mm-hmm. they do they kind of do an end credit thing with this next episode as well. Yes. Um, but we'll I guess we'll talk about if it's quite as effective. So Black Mirror season two episode three entitled "The Waldo Moment." Directed by Burn Higgins and written by Charlie Booker, which all episodes this season have been written by Charlie Booker, who is also the, the show's creator. So interesting note there. I don't have a synopsis for this one, but basically a cartoon uh, figure kind of steps into the political conversation of the day. And uh, it's really more the story about the voice behind the character. And so first very first thing i wrote down was the the twitter porn picture scandal with a 15 year old reminded me very much of james franco in his little uh incident on instagram with like the 15 or 16 year old girl i was like oh maybe that's where they got it from oh i forgot about that yeah but so okay so the i think the biggest problem with this episode is the characters like mm-hmm. What the fuck is up with Jamie? Like he's you're just he's just pissed all the I mean, he got offered a fucking pilot for the character that he voices. And and he doesn't look happy about it at all. He's just like a whiny little piece of shit. And I I cannot fucking stand him. Yeah. And we spend the entire episode with him. Um Mark, he, what were your what were your opening thoughts on on the Waldo moment? Uh um I didn't like it from the first few scenes. There's nobody likable. Um, right. I think just the idea, I guess I, I'm not going to head opening moments. Um, so the guy's on a hit show, but he's not being treated like who he is. He's being treated for his character. Yeah. Um, so he, he's the man behind the scenes. Maybe he wants the spotlight. That's uh, what I got. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like he's not a bad looking guy. You're telling me he can't get laid or anything. Like, give me a break. You right. know, but he's just a guy that, you know, he created something that honestly, I don't know why it's even popular. Yeah. And, exactly. um, and he's, you know, he's in the, he's in the shadows and he doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. Suck it up, do something else, but exactly. it's a cash cow, you know? Yeah. So he's, he's stuck in the job he doesn't like, but he mm-hmm. does it because the money's good. Right. I forget the girl's character, the, the female character's name, who he has sex with in this episode. Yeah. Uh, but I liked her line where she says, uh, you're angry for somebody who's doing well. And I was like, yeah, that's the epitome of Jamie right yeah. there. Gwendolyn Harris. Yes, Gwendolyn Harris. Yeah. Thank you. 
Um, Ash, what were your what were kind of some opening thoughts on this one before we get into the kind of the the meat of it? Just the opening moments, I was like, it, it kind of reminded me of like it's Conan O'Brien's, <laughs> um, yep, dog sock puppet was <laughs> being optioned for a a a, a TV show, which right. I was just like, okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, The Simpsons obviously worked because The Simpsons was actually good. Uh, <laughs> that used to be part of the Tracy Ullman show way back when. Um, <laughs> but you know, so like a real life thing that it, it's happened before, but I just couldn't see that. It just doesn't. I couldn't buy into it. Mm-hmm. It's just like it, I don't know. They're like, oh, well, it's so popular. Yeah, but at the same time, it's just like. The, the politician didn't know what he was sitting down for for the interview when, as soon as the Waldo puppet, puppet popped up. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it made no sense. That's a good point. Yeah. If he's such that. a popular character, yeah. how can you walk in blind like that? Right. And they even make mention of that later. He's like, it's so popular that when people see him, they know what to expect. It's like, well, why didn't this politician who you just spoke to a couple of days ago, why didn't he know what to expect? Exactly. Because he's a stuffy uh, politician. Right. He does have temper pop culture, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, and, and just a, a strange dynamic between Gwendolyn and him. I mean, like, from the moment he meets her, he's ba- like, it just feels as if he's obsessed with her already. Like, he'd been yeah. like, stalking her, and he's finally with her. But well, I don't, that's she, never said, is it? She gave him the time of day right off the bat. Right. You know, she had sex with him for him mm-hmm. and not for his popularity. Right. And then he gets he gets like starry-eyed right off the bat. Yeah. Like he, he plays a psycho girlfriend, you know. Right, right, right. So yeah. And and so they they build this character, Gwendolyn, up to be kind of this just very uh what am I a strong-willed kind of cold person. And then when she's out on like the campaign trail with the per- that guy that she's walking around with, um, she tells him that she talks to him about a personal life, how she met Jamie and uh, how he's fun. And she didn't really tell him about the campaign. It just seems so out of character. Like she clearly doesn't like this guy because yeah. not, not Jamie with the, her like campaign partner because of the way she talks to him earlier in the episode and the way she t- treats him. How would you share your personal information with him like that? It just, it didn't fit the character. It didn't fit the, what they were trying to do. I thought it was really odd and awkward. No, it was, I, I just find this episode did not fire on all cylinders from the no. beginning. Um, what is an MP? I don't even know what the hell that means. Uh, it's, it's like a Senator in the, in the British government. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Something of that nature. Same that, I wonder if that's really how they're chosen. Like they go to an interview or like, was that just for the show? Like, I don't know anything about. Well, she was interviewing with their, her party so that she could get their support. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know what MP means? <laughs> it means male privates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's as funny as this episode is. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I honestly hated this episode. I was hate watching it. I mean, it was. I mean, it, 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 some of the moments definitely rang true to what we are seeing. And and I won't go much on this, but we are seeing American politics right now with Donald Trump. I feel like, yeah, that's it. That's the only thing that really saved this episode for me was the fact that it is exactly like what's going on in American politics right now. Right. I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) See, I never thought of it that way. I'm just thinking 
who the fuck would vote for a fucking cartoon character? Yeah. Like, that's how dumb I thought it was. But I mean, that's... At least if it's a hand puppet, you can actually touch the hand puppet. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, like, I wrote down, Mike, this is just so dumb. If you would have asked me a year ago if this was ever possible, I'd laugh it off as ridiculous. But now, with what I see and read literally every day about what we're going through in America with our election, I mean, it, it, the idea almost seems plausible. But either way, I don't give a shit. The idea, like, the episode was not engaging because the character is such a fucking tool. Like, I don't like him. I don't want to spend any more time with him. Yeah. And so, I don't, it's just, it did not work for me at all no me neither. um i'm trying to if there's anything else worth talking about that i wrote down here um oh another thing and ash you might appreciate this um just another uh like correlation to trump waldo literally calls for someone to convent vi- commit violence against jamie once he deserts yes. i mean that's like the trump watches episode like what the fuck man because Actually, there's violence at his rallies and blah 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 one of the political reporters for the Washington Post compared Donald Trump's political campaign to this episode specifically. No shit. Yeah. So really? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Chris, Chris Siliza. Siliza? Siliza? Okay. I probably said the name wrong. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he, he was a political reporter for the Washington Post. He's the one who compared that. Yeah. I mean, it's accurate because why do they like Waldo? Because he's not PC. He speaks his mind. He's uh, vulgar. And that's what is appealing to, to Trump, to that hopefully minority of people. But yeah, so I mean, it's yeah, it's it's the episode's frightening in that as Americans, we're essentially living something very similar to this. Obviously, this takes it to an extreme with an an animated character, but it's very, very, very similar, which is terrifying. But still, you have to have an interesting you have to have some interesting character, somebody that I care about, somebody that I want to win or somebody that I want to lose. This one I just didn't give a shit about. Uh, I give this one one out of four stars. I thought it was terrible. Um, what about you, Ash? What are you giving the Waldo effect? I'll, I'll give it a one and a half just just because of the I saw the, the correlations with that. But right. yeah, it wasn't. I, I thought the I, the idea of the car, the character was neat, and what they were kind of doing with it was neat. But yeah, the characters just I, I don't know they sucked the life out of it. Maybe yeah. I if I maybe again if I watched this a year and a half ago. Maybe I would have been more shocked by it and so would have been more engaged with it. But like I say, like we're living it. And so it's not that surprising and it just didn't hit me. What about you, Mark? What are you giving? Uh, if, can I give half a star? Is that possible? Yeah. yeah, yeah half, I'm going to give it half a star. I just, it, it wasn't like, it, it wasn't good. I just yeah. did not like it at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, even without the correlations to the, your, your current, uh, Right. Uh, election thing. I even think about that. I'm just thinking how fucking dumb yeah. that a cartoon character will actually rally the people. Like, right. Give me a break. You and know? oh, and speaking of the credits, we see the credits and, and they've taken the idea global, right? Yes. Right? Come on. Are I mean, you fucking kidding stupid. me? It was, oh, yeah. I I have total disdain for this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. Fuck it in the ass. <laughs> And there we have season two of Black Mirror. (laughs) (laughs) So season three of Black Mirror is a mere one episode, which fits perfectly. It's almost as if it was planned this way. It fits perfectly with the end of our Tarantino-thon. So that'll wrap up next week. We'll wrap up both the Tarantino-thon and our Black Mirror look. So make sure you take a uh, watch of the episode three of Black Mirror and watch The Hateful Eight. 
which came out just a couple weeks ago on Blu-ray. So you should be, uh, should have pretty easy access to it at this point, whether you need to rent it or whatever. And we will talk about both of those in a week from now. And then next week we will also reveal what our next arc is going to be, which we're really excited about. And there's actually going to be some listener and reader participation on your guys's part. Uh, there'll be a poll on the website for you to help pick the last of that arc. And so it's going to be a pretty short arc, which should, should be good. But yeah. And for Canadians, show me for some reason lists that uh, uh, Black Mirror goes from 2011, 2013, but we only have the first two seasons available. So the episode one, season three is not available on show me. So you'll have to find other ways to watch it in Canada. Okay. Yeah, so I might have to try to find another VPN or something. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't know if it's even available on Blu-ray. At, at this point, after watching uh, that <laughs> last piece of shit episode, right. I kind of want to own the, uh, <laughs> yeah, the I Blu-rays. But, I, uh, I, I, liked, I liked a lot more of these episodes than the first season, but... And I can't say a lot more. There's only, I feel like there's so many more episodes, but there's only been three episodes this season. I don't know. I guess the first two episodes I wasn't a huge fan of. It got a little better in the third and then better, better. But this last episode was terrible. Like I would not purchase this on Blu-ray at this point. So No, me neither. I found this, uh, this, this series is very uh, topsy-turvy. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Unfortunately. Yep. But all right. Well, thank you, gentlemen. I had a great night. Um, Mark, I hope you are feeling better by next week for your sake. Uh, hopefully that or if whatever disease I got, hopefully it makes me lose a little weight. Put me into the gym. <laughs> there you go. My God. <laughs> Just looking at the bright side. Good for you. It's a glass half full kind of guy. Uh, half full. I don't know. I'm not sure what's in the glass though. <laughs> could be apple juice. Could be piss. Right. Exactly. And Ash, uh, our thoughts will be with you tomorrow um, with um, whatever you have to do with your, with your family there. Uh, we'll definitely be thinking about you though. And hopefully, um, everything goes well for you. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you for listening tonight. Uh, hopefully you had as good a time as we did. And um, yeah, I guess that's it. So thanks everyone for listening. We will catch you next time. Yeah.